this is Jerry Lanska back again with Anointed Nachos. Thank you for listening. Thank you for jumping into the Fruit of the Spirit series. I hope that it's blessing you. I hope that it's challenging you. And I hope that you're doing the actions that I have at the end of each lesson because they're designed to improve your situations in life, whether it's with other people, within yourself, between you and your Heavenly Father. I just believe that the actions that I have written down are truly designed to increase our relationship with Jesus, to become closer with him, to remove things out of our lives that we shouldn't have in there, and to let the things grow that need to improve. The fruit of the Spirit has been just an amazing and rewarding experience, studying it out and teaching. And I just wanted to jump back in to the subject on kindness. I wanted to share that the difference between kindness and goodness is this. Kindness mainly involves being generous and considerate when you help others, whereas goodness involves righteousness in action or just doing what is right. So it is a separate thing. And that's why I will have a separate lesson on goodness. So let's jump into kindness, part two. The fruit of kindness is what enables us to react the same regardless of how people act towards you. You will be consistent with your words and your actions and just be a steady, solid believer. We need to make sure that we treat unbelievers the same as we do believers. Not only when we realize someone is a believer because God wants us to be ready to be a witness to anyone he sends to us. So kindness will develop in us and allow us to speak, allow us to make connections, divine connections that God will set before us. We need to be kind to every person that comes before us. And we also need to be salty in relation to our families. We can't just be nice to everyone else in the world and then walk back into our own house and turn into an ogre and just complain or gripe or hold our family, our spouses, our children at a different level of expectations. We need to show kindness to all people, including our household. Let's look into Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28. It says, In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies, for a man who loves his wife is actually showing love for himself. You'll know what is in a man's heart by the way he treats his wife. Have you ever been on a dinner date with a couple and you just see how they interact, how they talk, how they share things, how they compliment each other? Or has it been the other way around where they grumble or complain about what each other does or speak negative in some way about each other in front of other people? I've seen it both ways, and I can tell you this, that we need to make sure that we treat our friends, our spouses, our family with highest regard and respect, especially in front of other people to, to show that we're kind and that we want to show God's love to every person. In Titus chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, it says, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands 
and their children, to live wisely and to be pure, to work in their homes and to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. So there's just something special about training, conferences, studying books about certain topics, just to keep learning and growing how to improve different areas in your life that you feel might be a little lacking, something inexperienced. Keep learning and growing, especially in the Word. But there's so many professionals who have studied and are really good at certain topics, such as marriage, such as business. And it's good to learn from godly men and women. I mean, because the book of Proverbs says it's a multitude of counselors that brings safety. When you speak with someone who has been walking with God their whole life and they can share experiences of what worked and what didn't, I mean, that's wonderful to help lead and guide you. And we need to become the trainers and the encouragers when we have gone through certain situations. The Lord wants to use us to help other people that are going through the similar situations to help them come through on the other side victorious. So just keep that in mind. Things that you have gone through, don't just brush it off and ignore your past. God can use what you have dealt with, the struggles that you've had, to help encourage other people. Another function of kindness is like the antiseptic quality of salt. It enables a believer to clean up his words. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 it says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. In the book of Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 it says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. You know, kindness will enable you to turn away wrath. In the book of Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 it says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Have you ever been in a conversation and just said the wrong words? You let come out of your mouth what you really wanted to say, but it didn't make the situation better, it actually made it worse? Well this verse clearly shows why. Because only a gentle answer out of love and care delicacy, thinking before you speak, is going to turn away anger. But harsh words, bickering back and forth, trying to get the last word in, even if you're right, there's a correct way, a correct response, a way to handle the situation that will stop tempers from flaring. Another effect that kindness will have is it will withhold wounding words. Like I was just saying, we want to speak gentle answers, otherwise it's going to flare up tempers. And in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 21, it mentions the tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You know, we're going to receive a harvest of the words that we sow. Seed time and harvest is a biblical principle that goes throughout almost everything we do. When we speak certain words, we're going to reap either life or death, depending on the words that we put out there. So we want to bring life 
You can't speak death over a situation. That's negativity, negative words, bickering, and expect life to come out of the situation. You need to speak life to bring things into life. Your words are powerful. So your words will help you stop strife. In Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20, it says, Fire goes out without wood, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. So just speaking negative things about other people and situations that are none of your business, really, it's going to create more fires. It's going to spread. If you're not speaking about something in order to benefit the situation or to pray for the situation, then just be careful of what you're speaking about, especially when you're speaking about other believers and sisters in Christ. One way to develop kindness is to not let offenses enter to stop our light from shining. In Mark chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, it says, The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So we don't want to be in that situation where we don't have good soil, where we're rocky or full of weeds, and we hear a message, we like it, but we don't put it into practice, we don't meditate on it, we don't speak it and continually believe God for something, even those good words are going to fall away. And as soon as there's pressure that comes, our old nature, our old way of thinking, our old complaining, fearing that we're going to be lacking something, not having what we need in the situation, fear's going to arise if you don't stand your ground and live in faith and keep speaking out words of life. You know, those who are not rooted in the word become offended and produce no fruit. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19, it says, An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. So be careful with your words. When you offend someone, even a good friend, it says in the word, it's harder to win back that friend than a fortified city. Once people are offended, they lose their kindness towards other people. Have you ever noticed that when someone's offended online, that their words, when they comment on a post that they didn't like, usually are not pleasant? I mean, that's, an, that's the biggest understatement of the year right there. People just go and let any words fly. Any thought that comes to their mind just fly. I mean, it's easy when people hide behind a username and don't have to put out their real name out there. They can say whatever they want and feel like they can get away with it and it's justified. But really, like I said earlier, when you speak words of death, it's not going to bring about life. It's only going to create more fire. You're adding wood into a fire. Try speak words of kindness from now on. There's something to be said, though, about righteous indignation where you need to stand your ground. You need to stand for what is right. And part of that is goodness that we'll get into in another lesson. But I'm talking about just your words. There's a right way to go about doing what needs to be done and doing the things that God wants you to do and be kind about it. In Psalms 119, verse 165, it says, Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. When we fall in love with the word, 
That's what is going to bring peace into our heart when we study the scriptures. Get the word of God in. The more word that you have in, the kinder your words are going to become, the more peace that you're going to have. So another way to develop kindness is humbling ourselves and serving our enemies. We can overcome offense by looking at Jesus' example of washing the disciples' feet at the Last Supper. He ministered to the one who was about to betray him, Judas. Remember that Jesus lived what he preached. He was the best example showing to love our enemies. He could have said some pretty negative things and cast Judas off the team long ago, but he loved on him. He knew he was going to betray him, but he kept loving on him. He kept believing the best for him. He kept training him and speaking the word to him. Just think about that example that Jesus left. In Romans chapter 12, verse 19 through 21, it says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if, you're, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. One last verse, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. We want to have kindness so much ingrained into us that when we see a need, we want to fill it. Jesus saw a crowd who had no shepherd, and compassion came upon him. And that compassion led him to preach, to feed, to heal. He gave everything that he had because he let compassion and kindness come out of him for people. We want that same compassion coming out of us. Now, I just have a real quick story, just an example of kindness that I shared with someone. I worked at a home and remodeling company, and... There was a shipping and receiving department, and there was a truck that pulled up in the back, a semi who needed to unload all the pallets of products, and the other employees on forklifts were moving around and doing jobs, and they were busy. So this truck driver was standing in the back room just shouting. He's like, I need to get to my next destination, and I need to be there now. And he's just mad because someone's not unloading his truck immediately. And after a few minutes, like, I just felt bad for the situation. Like, everyone was doing their job. They were all busy, and they couldn't get to him at the moment. And it was getting intense. His anger was up there. His face was red. It wasn't my department, but I walked by, and I just thought the Lord wanted me to bless this man. So I took out a dollar bill out of my pocket. Yeah, it's just a small $1 bill. And I went up and handed it to this guy, this truck driver, and I said, you know what? I'm sorry that you're here waiting. I know you need to get out of here, and I hope these guys help you real soon, but I tell you what, just take this dollar. There's a vending machine right around the corner. You can get a cold soda, and just have a drink here while you're waiting at least, and I'm sorry about the situation. And then I walked away, and his face just lit up like he just thought like it was Christmas, like someone just gave him something, and he was like shocked. Like he's probably thinking I'm yelling here and this guy comes up and does something nice for me. But it put him in his place. He just quieted down. A gentle answer turns away wrath. It just quieted him down. He went and he got his drink. He did. He drank a soda while he was waiting. Soon enough, the forklifts came, unloaded his truck, 
And on his way, he went. Now, I might have shared this story already in another episode, but I just wanted to include it here in the kindness message because that is not just listening to God and doing what he wanted me to do to reach out to somebody, but it's just showing an act of kindness that stopped tempers from flaring. I have a few actions here for you to do. Action number one, when we see someone in trouble, is your first reaction to judge them or to show compassion on them. We need to learn to allow our hearts to feel the compassion of the Lord when we see other people who might be struggling. So learn quickly what rises up in your heart when you see a need. Is it to show compassion or is it to complain about a situation? Catch yourself and keep showing compassion. Action number two. Do the wrong words come out of your mouth during arguments? Learn that it is a gentle answer that turns away wrath. Next time you're in a situation where you want to say something that could ignite a larger fire, hold back your tongue, think twice on what to say, and speak words of peace that bring life. Action number three is to pray. Ask the Lord how to allow his love for others to flow out of you, to show kindness to those around you, even to those who you may think do not deserve it. So let's pray right now. Lord God, I just pray for this fruit of kindness to develop in us. I pray for your compassion and love to be so much in us because we're spending time with you. When we're with you, we become more like you. And we want your kindness. It's your kindness, Lord God, that you put in our heart that flows out of us, your love for people, that we can show the same love to every person on this earth that we come in contact with. Let us show that same love, Lord God. Teach us to not gripe or complain, but to have compassion come out when there's a situation that might be a little pressure, a situation that might normally make tempers flare. Let us rise up and be the ones to show kindness and put those fires out. Let us show your love and kindness today and tomorrow this week, next month. Let us keep growing and showing your kindness to others. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening to this podcast, and I pray that kindness develops in you to change those around you and so that they can see that you have been with Jesus. Anointed.